0: Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can in turn inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we're able to do in his name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. I believe that is the one and only Mitchell Hollis occupying the opposing seat.
1: Thanks for having me, Dean.
0: (laughs) Information, data, what do you do with it? How do you use it? Can you have too much of it? How do you know what to pay attention to we're going to get into all of that today and it should be fun as well as informative Mm -hmm. and as always well i say as always uh, what we started last week second week second week of giving stuff away yeah
1: yeah i think that was a that was a hit last week we had a winner yes and uh we're gonna do it again this week we're gonna do it again next week and as long as people keep submitting the answers to the questions, we're going to keep giving stuff away.
0: That's right. So we are going to ask a trivia question at the end of this podcast, and if you are the first one to email me at dean at runforgod.com with the correct answer, then you will win. Last week, the question was, who was the first person to break the four-minute mile? Who was it? What was the date? And what was the time?
1: You made it complicated. 'Cause I knew who the I knew I knew the answer to the first question, but I didn't know the date and the time.
0: Well, we're trying to educate folks, so that made somebody go out there and really look it up.
1: Yeah. yeah. But I mean you, you alluded to it in the beginning. That's just too much information. Roger <laughs> Roger Bannister was enough for me. <laughs> but you you running geeks out there, you, you gotta know more.
0: <laughs> he did that on May sixth, nineteen fifty four, and his time was three fifty nine point four. So here's the way I remember that. I remember it because I don't know what I, how I remember May 6th, but that's in my mind. 1954 is, it's a four-minute mile. It was done in
1: 1954. Were you alive in 1954? No. Okay. It took me a minute. Yeah. I didn't know. You know. <laughs> I know you're the old guy here.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the time is 359.4. Right. So I can remember 1954 and .4 because it's a four-minute mm. mile. So that's how I remember that. So it was done at the Iffley Road track in Oxford, at Oxford University. Um, so that's that's great trivia. And that is a monumental thing that that he did at that time. So, hey, information, uh, you know, triathletes, you 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 being the big triathlete, triathlete guy and coach that you are, um, triathletes are known for information and gathering information. And, uh, triathletes are crazy about it, aren't they?
1: Yeah. I mean, you and I were just talking before we came in here, you know, Lane, Lane has become a bigger data geek than I'll ever be over the past few years. And we were just talking about how you guys had a run yesterday. And I think you, you two turned the heat up a little bit at the end and it was supposed to be an easy run, but Lane, Lane kind of starts his day by looking at his, um, fatigue rate, his, um, I, I don't even know what all the data points are, but it comes out of training peaks. So he starts his day by looking at that and he's got a, a pretty big race coming up this weekend. So he, his fatigue rate should be getting better. Well, after that little stunt you two pulled at the end of that <laughs> workout yesterday, his fatigue rate went down. Now you can only put so much weight in that data, but he puts a lot of weight into it. So, you know, it, you wonder if data can play well I know that data can play tricks on your minds even if your body is not actually feeling that and we're going to get into that a little bit more Um, but yeah I mean triathletes are notorious data junkies
0: yeah yeah, and you know watches nowadays measure so many different things I mean just you know we we Everybody knows that watches measure heart rate now, Mm -hmm. and they measure, you know, time and distance, all that stuff. But some of the other stuff that they measure, you know, like uh, your stride rate and your vertical oscillation. Your
1: ground contact time and your leg spring stiffness and just all these terms. I've, you know, I still don't even know a lot of them. Yeah. We're in this industry every day, and they're, they're just coming up with new data points Every day. And it's good.
0: It is good. I mean,
1: it, it, it is good, but it can be bad.
0: I remember, talk about triathlon, back when I was in college, mm-hmm. I worked at a place called The Sports Shoe in down near Atlanta, and there was a guy who was a big triathlete then. When when triathlon wasn't really popular, we had a guy that worked at our store who was a big triathlon guy, and I remember that was the first time I ever saw aero bars. Mm-hmm. And the arrow bars there weren't what you see today. Mm -mm. They were this big triangular shaped Mm -hmm. monstrosity. I mean, it really looked odd. Uh, But I remember that was the first time I'd seen arrow bars.
1: Yeah, I mean, triathletes. That's why, and I had it in my notes on down a little bit. But that's why when these this vapor fly controversy came out, and you know, runners were like, "Oh, this is just you know, you're 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 adding to or taking away from the sport and it's, you know, this makes it not the purest form of running. Triathletes don't care. Yeah. They welcome that technology. Yeah. You know, they, certain versions of this shoe were banned in the running world. They weren't banned in the triathlon world no. because we, we welcome the technology and the advancements in technology. And yeah. um, so it's funny to see the we've always kidded about triathletes, bikers and runners. Yeah three completely different types of people and then you and within that you've got the road runners and the trail runners and you've got the bikers the road bikers and the mountain bikers and it's funny to see we like to poke fun at all the different variety of people uh, that run in those circles but it's it's amazing to see even within the technology, the different opinions there. And that's yeah. what it is. It's just opinions. Yeah, it is. Um, it is. You know, I, I welcome, I welcome the new technology.
0: Yeah, I think it's good. You just have to wade through it. And we're going to talk more about that. And of course, this podcast, this very podcast is about giving information. So we would be pretty hypocritical to denounce information while we're giving information. Sure. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so that's good. And there are thousands of other places that we can go to get information and we can only go to so many places. Of mm-hmm. um, of course, this is the best place to go sure. for that information because it is biblically filtered, right. and that's how it should be, right?
1: Well, and I think it's a it's a good place to come also because you and I don't always see eye to eye on this stuff. Yeah. Uh, we, are, we are pretty good debaters, although we haven't had a good debate on here yet. I think we're at episode 28 right now. Yeah. And we haven't had a really—because you and I have been in some pretty heated debates over things. We agree yes. on the things that matter. That's right. Jesus Christ is Lord of all. So that's number one. Yep. But when it comes to, I think we actually had a pretty good debate on the vapor flies. And was that a good thing or a bad thing? And I fell into the good thing camp and you were kind of back and forth maybe. And um, so, yeah, I think we flush things out pretty good. That's what we always say about the team, you know, that these triathletes is we don't always agree on training. Yeah. But we always come together with the best. Yeah. We think. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, we hope that translates over to this run club.
0: Well, and it would be great if in in this world today and what we see in this world today, if more people were like that, if more people realized it's okay to disagree. We don't have to agree on everything. I don't understand why it is so hard for us to accept the fact that somebody else doesn't think like we do. And a lot of people do feel that way, that it's okay for you to think differently. But so many people in this day and time are like, you're – you're awful if you don't believe what I believe.
1: Well, and, I think we've gotten into we've gotten to the point where there is no differences of opinion. It's we've got into the it's my truth and your truth. Well, there's some things that just there is no truth. There's just opinions. Yeah. Um you may think that Brooks is the best running shoe and I may think that Nike's the best running shoe. Those are differences of opinion. But nowadays we've gotten to the point where, well, if you don't like Brooks running shoe, then you must you must hate me. Yeah. And that's just wrong. It is, and we've we've got to get away from that as it a society, is. and understand that there's there's truth that we should live by, and then there's opinions in which we should debate. Yeah. And but that's all been mixed together nowadays, and it's sad.
0: Well, and we we have an easier time letting go of the fact that you think that this particular shoe is better than this particular shoe. That's easy to kind of let go and. But it really should be just as easy to let go of the fact that somebody else thinks different politically than I do. Right. And that's where we we really get into, you know, when it comes to certain principles and certain things that we believe that we, we have a hard time with it. Yeah. Um, but. We're going to Je- stop right there. Jesus tells us to love people. <laughs> love people. Love that's God really simple. and love your
1: neighbor. That's it. It's simple. It's the two greatest commandments. And. I think everybody can agree on the love God, but sometimes we don't love our neighbor no. like we should, and, and we've got to get back to that.
0: Yes, we do. You know, there are some Run Club exclusive things out there, and we just like to point those out occasionally. And how many other places can you go where you have the potential to be able to create a playlist, your own playlist, and have it available publicly to people all over the world? That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. And that is a Run Club exclusive, mm-hmm. so... um you have that here at Run Club, so that's pretty cool. Um, the Run For God ambassador program allows you to to get into that area. And so we'll talk more about that at some point. But um, we are sponsored by J Radio. We are so proud to be sponsored by J Radio. It is the world's greatest music platform, and that is the place where you are able to, if you're a Run For God ambassador and if you Uh, are able to, to go out there and promote Run for God Run Club, you can create your own playlist on J Radio. If your teen is into rock and metal music that makes your ears bleed and your grandmother clutch her pearls, we can help. If your spouse yearns for music from the old days and wants to relive the music of their glory years, we can handle that. If you need a break from the day to spend time with God and recognize His goodness, we'd love to be a part of that. Whether it's rock and metal, classic songs from decades past, or heartfelt worship music, J Radio has you covered. Sign up for an account at jradio.com and download the app in your app store to start listening for free today. Don't forget you can send messages to dean at runforgod.com whether you have a question or you got an opinion. We just talked about opinions. Mm -hmm. You can't hurt my feelings when it comes Mm -hmm. to opinions. It just doesn't happen. I'm I'm open to all opinions. If you think that we can do something a little bit better, a little bit different, that might be more suitable to helping you, then let us know what that is. We've had some good constructive criticism. We
1: have. Uh, we, we've said since episode one, we really don't know what we're doing here. <laughs> we have a lot of things we know we want to talk about, uh, but we are you know some, we went to lunch with a guy two weeks ago who's kind of in the podcast world, and and he gave us some great constructive criticism. Yeah. Um, that's where the whole, you know, the idea of giving the things away and, you know, keeping people engaged, and and we want to know what makes this a good podcast to listen to, and we'll do more of that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, don't don't be afraid to 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 email Dean and say, hey, you're doing this wrong. By the way, you are the old guy, and uh, he won't he won't get offended.
0: <laughs> not not at all, not at all. I kind of like being the old guy. <laughs> uh, it means I'm still around, right? That's, that's right. That's a good thing. So have you ever tried something and it just didn't work? Um, You know, it feels really good to find that right thing eventually, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I've talked a few times recently about my diet. I feel like I found a diet that works for me, and it's really helpful, and I'm enjoying it. And uh, so this is from, I I don't know if I'm going to butcher this name or not, Teresia Eller from Lenore, uh, North Carolina and she writes this story called trust your training it wasn't until after my third marathon that i actually felt like an athlete my first two marathons were less than successful based on the goals that i had set for myself i made so many mistakes and suffered a lot of negative thinking which is crippling for a long distance runner sure i had trained for 18 weeks prior to both of the first two marathons but I used and trusted less than reliable training plans. For my first marathon, I believed that with just a little research into what others did, I could develop my own plan. Fail, (laughs) I finished my first marathon, but will never say I ran it because I walked most of it. That was not my goal. For my second marathon, I knew I needed a better plan, so I turned to the Nike app on my phone. The plan was all laid out. All I had to do was run. The second marathon was a better experience, but I still walked far more than I had planned and hit the wall rather early. Some at that point would have given up, but not me. I knew I could accomplish my goal if I could get the right training. For my third marathon, I chose to use a book called Hanson's Marathon Method, it was more than just a running schedule it was a scientific explanation of why they designed the plan the way that they did discussing concepts like concepts like vo2 max slow twitch muscle fiber fast twitch muscle fiber glycogen stores and much more i learned many new terms but the one that had the greatest impact was cumulative fatigue the concept is simple really Hansen's marathon method teaches your legs to run while fatigued and it is designed so that your long runs are always on tired, not fresh legs. Therefore, that 16 mile long run will feel more like the last 16 miles of the marathon instead of like the first 16. I soaked up the book and referred back to it several parts, uh, several parts of it many times. As I ran my way deeper through the training plan, however, I conveniently forgot about cumulative fatigue. So much so that when I tried one last time to run 16 miles just once the week before the marathon, I failed. I got to 13 miles and had to stop in tears. My legs and feet hurt so very bad. I sat down and cried out to God, telling him that I had failed miserably and didn't know how in the world I would manage 26.2. I wallowed in my pity for a day or so before suddenly remembering cumulative fatigue. I had focused so much on not getting to 16 miles that I forgot that vital element of training. It was a, a glorious moment when I realized that what I felt on that last long run was more than likely what I would be feeling the second half of the marathon, not the first. And if that was the case, I would be okay. I just needed to trust my training. A few days later, on one last easy run, I was talking with God about my training and what I had learned when he showed me that my experience was symbolic of the Christian walk. How many times in life do we try to make our own way, not consulting with the Lord or his word, or look for a quick app to tell us how how to live, how to live out our walk in 10 easy steps? Much like Hansen's marathon method, the Bible clearly explains how and why we should live our Christian walk. But only if we read it and reread it, memorize it, and apply it. It should be our expert source that guides and directs our steps. As I trained, I neglected to consider the promise that cumulative fatigue would produce results. So when I experienced it, I thought it was failure on my part. Much of our spiritual growth happens through the difficult valleys of pain, tears, doubt, and fatigue. If we do not read, absorb, study, and apply God's word to our life, we will miss out on the awesome promises God has in store. I was growing in my training, but didn't fully realize it until I towed the line on race day and crossed the finish line several hours later. Through all that hard work, I had to trust my training and trust God's promises. In our fallen, sin-filled world, we will tow the line of adversity many times. And there are others watching, those running with us and those just watching us run. What training plan are we using to give us the strength to push when we're tired, discouraged, sore, and in pain? When we make God's word our training plan and bury it deep in our souls, we will be reminded who the source of our strength is and find our place of rest.
1: Man, that was a great story. <laughs> um, so, so is it Teresia or Teresia?
0: I'm not sure. I'm sure we're going to get an
1: email. Yeah, and that's okay. Us. Yeah. It's okay. We don't mind being corrected. Sh- we should just want to and tell us the re- correct <laughs> pronunciation. But how many times have we discussed this same concept?
0: Yeah. Absolutely.
1: You know, you can have the greatest training plan and you can have the greatest coach. But if you never look at the training plan and you never talk to the coach, then you're destined to fail. Yeah. And and I think her her point here is is well taken and we should we should listen to it because consistency is key. First yeah. of all, you've got to open the Bible, you've got to talk to Jesus, and you've got to do that consistently. Mm-hmm. Consistently. And in, our, in our training life, you have to have a plan, you have to talk to the coach, no matter who that is, whether it's you through Run Club or, or somebody that's holding you accountable, and you have to do that consistently. In either situation, you're destined to fail if you don't do those two things. And I think that's why that's why Run for God works is yeah. because it does draw that parallel so closely. So I think her, her story is just dead on.
0: Yeah. And, and for those of you who are watching this on YouTube, I brought – this is the book she's talking about. Mm-hmm. I happen to have this book. I've read this book. Um, and you know what's funny about this? This is another, another point I thought I would make is that um, I tried this plan. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Mm. Um, it didn't work for me, but it worked for her. And, and yeah, I, 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 I
1: saw her sixteen miles one week before the marathon would not work for me.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's several things about the Hanson's plan that that just it doesn't work for me. But the concept is a but good. But the concept one. I mean, is yeah, a good one. It is. And uh, and so from a training standpoint, going back to the training standpoint, that's that's always an important factor is finding something that works for you because right. we're all different. We're exactly. all different. And so. um she goes on to, to post some scripture references here. Psalm one nineteen one or 11, excuse me. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Uh, going back to that Psalm 119, well, I think we've, we've used Psalm 119 three times out of the last four or five right. podcasts.
1: And it's, you know, it, it talks about hiding your, your word in my heart. You know, we store knowledge of the things that are important to us, mm-hmm. you know, I know that five thousand two hundred eighty feet equal a mile. I know that forty three thousand five hundred sixty square feet is one acre. Why? Because I have a background in real estate. Um, yeah. That that was knowledge that I needed to know, and I, in this case, I kind of hid that in my heart. I, I I have that knowledge because I studied, yeah. And you know, the psalmist here is is saying the exact same thing. If if we expect to grow closer and closer to Christ, then we have to know what he says. Yeah. Uh I can't become a closer and closer friend to Dean Thompson if I never listen to what you say. And uh
0: Yeah, that's I'm, it's a good point. I like this whole idea of being hidden but accessible. Right. Um that it's it's there when we want to pull it out. I think about my wife sometimes will hide food from me. I do that. Because she knows. Kudos it,
1: to Debbie because I do that. <laughs> I hide stuff from my kids.
0: If, if I get into a bag of something or whatever it is that she's hidden from me, it's gone. she knows it's gone. Yeah. And so she hides <laughs> it from me, um, which make I, I completely understand. Uh, and I've gotten better at just laying off of that stuff that I know is for her. Um, but the idea is that it's accessible in there when you need it. And the Word of God is the same way, right. is that the more we study it, the more— Readily accessible it is to us when sure. we need it. So, um, yeah, it's <laughs> scripture passage number two, Proverbs 3 1 and 2 says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity.
1: Yeah, I think the key words here are if you do this, you will have peace and prosperity. Um, this is not the prosperity gospel. This will be prosperity, and I walk with Christ. And we may not realize that prosperity on this side of glory. Uh, But the promise is there. And if you believe in the Word of God, if you believe that God is who He says He is, and you believe what He says, then that's a huge promise. Yeah. It's a huge promise.
0: Yeah. The the next verse after this one talks about tying them around your neck, Mm -hmm. right? The promises. Um, Again, this idea of accessibility and, and, uh, is, is carrying it with you. Um, I just, I love that, that thought. Um, but it's difficult sometimes (laughs) to remember those things when you're at the bottom, right? When things are bad, sometimes it's hard to recall or to bring up or to remember that God is there even when things are hard. Um, and it, but it's important the more time we spend with him and in his word the more the easier it is for that to come to the front of the front of our mind right
1: right because it's it's there God's word makes promises for just about every area every aspect of our life good bad whatever so when you're in those bad places if if you don't have those scriptures hidden in your heart outside of of going and reading what God's word says, then it's it's easy to lose hope, and God's word provides hope. That's yeah. one of the reasons we have it; is it <laughs> provides hope of what's to come and what we're going through, and it's it's sad to think that there are people out there <clears throat> who don't have that. They don't. Not only do they not read it, they don't have it hidden in their heart. They don't know anything about it.
0: That's yeah. um,
1: and that's. That's a scary thing to me because there's been plenty of times where I don't know what it would have happened if I didn't have the hope yep. that I read in these pages right here.
0: Yep, yep. And then the third scripture passage is from 2 Corinthians 1, <clears throat> 3 through 5, and this is from the Message Translation, which um, sometimes I really like the Message Translation, and this is one of those cases because I love the way this is put in this translation. All praise to God and Father of our Master, Jesus the Messiah, father of all mercy God of all healing counsel he comes alongside us when we go through hard times and before you know it he brings us alongside someone else who is going through hard times so that we can be there for that person just as God was there for us we have plenty of hard times that come from following the Messiah but no more so than the good times of his healing comfort we get a full measure of that too
1: that's why your story is so important yeah, um, you know, we say it a lot on here, but I'm going to say it again. You may think that your story is not that impressive. Mm. I don't think my story is that impressive, but I know just through telling my story that it has impacted lots and lots of people. That's mm. no pat on my back. That's that's all glory to God, uh, because His there again. If you believe His word, it says it right here that your story. You're, what you're going through, good, bad, and different, somebody else is dealing with that same exact thing somewhere in this world, so we need to be telling, we need to be sharing our story.
0: Yeah, amen, amen. And eventually, that story that you have, God will use you mm-hmm. with that story. Question number one, what are the promises of God that you need to hide in your heart?
1: I, I think for me is that Is that we can believe what God said? I think as a as a child of God, that's for me. That's one of the places I struggle with the most is belief. Yeah. And and I actually have um, I pulled it up here. I have taped on my bathroom mirror the three passages uh, that deal with overcoming belief. Matthew 21:22. Mark 11 24 and James 1 through 6 if you believe you will receive whatever you ask in prayer therefore I tell you whatever you ask for in prayer believe it um, believe that you have already received it and it will be yours but when you ask you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave in the sea blown and tossed by the wind I, I look at those verses every single morning because for me and my walk with Christ that's the hardest thing that I deal with is it's it's the old kind of the cliche of, I believe that that chair is going to hold me up, but am I going to sit down in that chair? Yeah. I believe what God's word says, but I have to remind myself daily to put action behind that. Yeah. Um. And, and for me, that's.
0: And that's a difficulty I think we all have from time to time. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. So question number two, in what areas of your life are you not trusting God fully? And this may be kind of a rhetorical question, mm-hmm. um, for, for but there's areas for all of us, right? Every one of us have those areas where we doubt and, and areas where, where God is just waiting to show us something. And um, I don't know if I've shared this this story on this podcast before, but I think about my myself when I had some doubts when – when I, I worked in a particular job for 25 years, and I spent a summer basically unemployed, and then I started working with Run for God. Mm-hmm. Well, I was making substantially less money at Run for God, and and it was better than a lot better than zero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I had been I'd, I'd been working on Run for God for a little over a year, right. and so I thought I'll go and I'll check my bank account and I'll see how much more money have I spent than I took in over this past year, and. I remember it was on January the 27th. I'll never, I won't even forget the date because I, it was so impactful to me. Um, but there was some doubt there on whether or not I was going to be able to make it. Right. And so I looked at my bank account, and one year apart on January 27th, there was a $500 difference. I was like, "That's God just saying, I've got you where I want you. You're fine. Don't worry about money. It's it's all it's all good." And so, which was fantastic, right? An hour later, I get in my car, I drive over there, and I walk in the office. And as soon as I walked in your office, I remember you snapped your fingers. You went, ah, wish I'd have known you were coming. I just put a check in the mail to you for $500, <laughs> which is not a comment that you would n- typically make. Right. But that's the comment that you made. It was like an underscore and an exclamation point from God saying, I told you I got you where I want you. Yeah. And, you know, to this day, I hardly look at my bank account. Because God is is so faithful when we put all of our trust in Him, and and in that area of my life, I've put all of my trust in Him, mm. and it's always taken care of. So that's
1: I mean, yeah, that story still gives me goosebumps. Um, I think for me, it's it's patience. You know, we we talk about it many times. We talk about the path that we see. We use the the analogy of a path and. We can see where God has taken this ministry. We we can see that God wants to reach runners with the gospel of Christ through the sport of running. That's our mission field. And I think we all get caught up in this. We get into some of these meetings sometime, and we're so, you know, we want to do this right, and, and there's times where I feel like I sense it, and I know you and Gay and Holly feel the same thing sometimes where, Maybe we just need to help God out a little bit here, yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: and that's always the wrong turn. you know God turns on these lights along this path at certain times for a reason, mm-hmm. and that's the hardest thing that I struggle with, and that i that's that's an area of my life that I don't fully trust God sometimes, and I know that sounds horrible saying it, but I'm just trying to be transparent here that whenever I sit back and you know, I always say, go back to the last place God was working. If you feel yeah. like God isn't working on you right now, go back to the last place he was. Yeah. And chances are he's still there working, and you've just got ahead of him. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that for me, that's where I could use a little more chiseling is, is the patience side.
0: Yeah, yeah. The last question, reflect on a difficult experience you have had recently. What do you believe God was teaching you during and after that time? Of course, everybody probably at this point in time has some kind of COVID-19 experience mm-hmm. that's been really, if not traumatic, at least frustrating mm-hmm. to them. Um, I know for me, I find it hard to hold my tongue sometimes. <laughs> and so you talked about <laughs> patience and God giving you patience, and that's kind of the area for me is right. um, he's had to give me patience through this because I just want to – you and I were talking this morning about a video that I saw where they drug a lady out of a stadium because she didn't have on a mask. Mm. Now, whether you agree, with whether you think everybody should be wearing a mask or nobody should be wearing a mask, or if you think what, whatever, you're, you're, it doesn't matter.
1: That got in your crawl.
0: That's not okay. Right. It's just not okay to, to treat people that way. Sure. And, um, and so I have a hard time not, not speaking up and speaking out about those things. But I know that oftentimes the things that I'm going to say They're not constructive. Right. So I need to keep quiet.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think back, you know, the question was, reflecting on a difficult experience you had, what do you believe God was teaching you during and after that time? You mentioned COVID. I kind of go back to the housing crisis of 2008. Mm. You know, that was a time in my life where, you know, if you can do the math, the housing crisis happened in 2008, 2010, Run for God started, or the fall of 2009. Um I look back, I mean, that was a time in my life, being in the residential construction and sales industry, um, that it crippled our family. I mean, it it just about wiped us out financially, and when you're in the, the thick of that, it's so easy to cry out to God and say, why, why, why? You know, you hear it all the time, why do bad things happen to good people? But what we have to learn is there's always a reason. There's always a reason and that's why I say hindsight's twenty twenty. I look back now and chances are if the real estate industry would have stayed strong and you know, going down this, the path that we were going on, not that it was bad, but it wasn't my focus wasn't daily on God back then. Yeah. Chances are run for God would have never started. Wow. And but God God put a pause in my life. He just basically brought my life to a stop. As well as he did many other people. But for me, in my testimony, the housing crisis of 2008, I can look back and say, that was a good thing in my life. Yeah, I didn't amazing? see that then. No. Uh, and a lot of people would say, I don't see that still. Um, but are you looking at it financially? Or are you looking at what did God change? How did, how did he chisel at you and make you different? And for me, it was a huge moment. of He chiseled away a lot of material during yeah. that time and, and humbled me. Yeah. Uh, was the biggest thing, um, and brought us to where we are, sitting at this table in this beautiful studio, yeah. talking about Jesus Christ through the sport of running. The housing crisis of two thousand eight was a win. Yeah. For me. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Uh, it is. Yeah. So you, I, I just encourage people. Always look back. You know, when you're going through difficult times, get outside that for a little bit, and then look back, and you will always find God working.
0: He's He's there. He's there. He's always there. Absolutely. There is power in people's stories. It's a challenging
1: time. What do you do when everything you believe about God is being tested and God doesn't look like the good
0: father that he says he does?
1: You've got layers and layers and layers of hate in your heart. It, It takes God to clean it out.
0: Your story can help encourage others around the country, just like these stories have. You can walk through a simple process of sharing your story with the Big Share app. Download the Big Share app in your app store to start sharing hope with others. You know, we talk about difficult circumstances, and one of the things that I struggle with uh, lately is uh, my mother. You know, she died last fall in November, and and. My mother was, I mean, nobody's ever loved me like my mother did, mm-hmm. right? You know, it's just, it's, my mother was really special to me. And, um, and I look back at that time, and my mother didn't live near me for the last nine months of her life. Hmm. No, it was over a year, over hmm. a year of her life. She lived out in Washington, far away from me as she could get and still be in the United States. And that was a little bit hurtful, but I knew she was doing well out there because she was living with uh, her sister and, and she was having a good time and everything was good. Um, but I'll tell you what, God did. Uh, and I don't, again, I don't know if I've told this story before, but my mother and I got to see each other the week before she died. Mm-hmm. I hadn't seen her in a year. Mm-hmm. And I got to see her the week before she died. And that was terrible that she died. And it was just sudden and it was out of the blue and it was not expected at all. And that was bad. But God gave me a few hours of time with my mother that I look back on now and are some of the most precious moments mm-hmm. of any moments in my entire life. Mm. Um, and so th- through those difficult times, it's amazing what God can do mm-hmm. to, to get us in a, in a good spot.
1: He saw the plan.
0: He did. Yeah. He did. <clears throat> well, it's time for Dean's thoughts, and that's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. You know, I don't watch a lot of TV anymore, uh, particularly news. No. Uh, I watch some TV, but news, I, I can't hardly watch. It's just too much for it's me. It's
1: toxic Golly. right
0: now. What I do is I wind up going online, I read headlines, and then I read behind the ones that I want to, and that's it. And unfortunately, um, that's kind of how society is these days. Sure, We just get our news from headlines.
1: And you're, you're only seeing the headlines
0: Mhm. And they're often misleading.
1: I I don't I don't think there's anything bad in it. There's a um, there's a documentary out there that I would I would urge everybody to watch. It, and we're not going to park here, but it's a it's a uh documentary called S- Social Dilemma. Um I watched that last week.
0: I was trying to remember the name of that, and I was going to look for it, and I, I couldn't remember the name of very,
1: it. Very, very eye opening, and it kind of goes to the the whole thing of what news are you seeing, and yep. it's only the news that fits that you your want. profile. Yep. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I I don't. There's nothing bad in there. Uh, it gets a little bit political in some places, um, but I mean, it it is what it is. I mean, that's where we are as a society, and and what social media and media in general. Is doing in our society right now is pretty scary. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I, I you were kind of saying some headlines on the way up here that I didn't know anything about. Yeah. And it's because I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm, I've pulled myself away from that as much as I can. I still want to be informed. But man, both sides are just insane right now.
0: There's just so much. There's sure. so much out there, and that's what this story is about. The story is called conflicting information. We have turned into a society where we find our news in a place where it agrees with our preconceived notions. With a 24-hour news cycle, we have seen how a story that would have taken five minutes on a nightly broadcast 30 years ago somehow morphs into a week-long series of stories that does way more than just tell the news. It can be good and bad. It's great to have so much information. I remember a time when that was a huge goal. We wanted more and more data to help make decisions. I think about the movie Moneyball and how it showed the value of information and how the sport of baseball was transformed by the use of information and data. In that example, more information was proven to be better. I also remember a movie called The Big Short, It was about how some experts saw the collapse of the financial markets coming in 2008 and explained how they capitalized on it. It's a messy movie with questionable judgment and smart people taking advantage of others. But the most interesting thing about the movie to me was the fact that so many smart people who had their hands on the same information didn't see it coming. There was too much information coming at them and they didn't pay attention to the right information. Of course this has application in running. I see athletes who don't pay attention to any other data coming their way, and I see those who overload themselves with information. Many time those many times those who really want to improve will overload themselves with data that doesn't matter. They hear about a professional runner who uses a certain type of fueling during long runs, and the next thing you know, they're online ordering from Amazon. <laughs> That is, until the next week when they hear about the latest up-to-date fueling strategy. Back to Amazon. <laughs> or maybe they've bought into the latest hype about a particular shoe, and they go down to the local running store and they buy some to eventually lay next to the last experimental shoe they tried. <laughs> maybe it's heart rate training, the Galloway method, Higden, or any number of training strategies. Or maybe it's the answer lies in organizing all the data on a particular website or app. Maybe it's just as simple as having a friend who tried something new that worked for her. You might as well try it, too. Don't get me wrong. I'm a big advocate for trying new things. But you have to realize that each new thing must be tried individually and for a long enough period of time to see results. If you change two things at the same time, how do you know which one worked? Also, if you don't try something long enough to see results, you have to really, you've really just wasted time. So how do you avoid these pitfalls? We have to realize that as good as information is, it can be too much. Here are a few ways to wade through the information more easily. Number one, find a shoe you like and stick with it. Eliminate shoe ads from all of the incoming information. Two, realize that marketing works. I saw an ad recently for a guy who claimed to have information that elite runners keep to themselves, the secret sauce that we're all looking for. I wanted to see if there was anything to it. (laughs) There wasn't. I wasted 30 minutes. Same stuff I already knew. Leave those ads that promise big things alone. Number 3, understand that the thing that will help make you better, a better runner, more than any piece of gear you can purchase is located in the 6 inches between your ears. Your mind is the most powerful impetus to improve your running. Improve your mind. Improving your mind is all about how you think. There's nothing you can do to change that. Change your mind, change your running. Number 4, The next best way to improve your running is by doing it. There is no food substitute for miles. There is no special drink that will transform your training. Hard work by putting one foot in front of the other will produce results. The best news is that there's only one source of information that matters when it comes to living life. The Bible has everything we need to be what he wants us to be. When in doubt, check the only source that matters. A lot of people hire a coach. The coach is responsible for giving the athlete the right information. That's a great way to avoid information confusion or overload. We have a life coach. His name is Jesus. He only gives out good, constructive information. I hope you're following his plan today.
1: Great story, Dean.
0: I'm so guilty. (laughs) <laughs> those uh those two monies those two movies rather moneyball and and the big short
1: um i've seen one i saw the big short the big i've short. never seen moneyball
0: moneyball is so interesting and it's about the way you know a guy started studying statistics and realized that you know you can figure out who the best ball players are by looking at certain numbers and, mm-hmm. and some numbers were more important than others and this was back like they call it billy ball uh mm-hmm. billy bean they called it billy ball Billy Bean c- came up with this this way to analyze players, and the Oakland A's won a World Series title based on those principles. Wow! And um, really interesting. So, but then you get the big short, and you realize there's so much information out there. Sometimes it's overwhelming, and you can't mm-hmm. can't wade through it all. And so, how do we find the sweet spot between too much and not enough? You know, I. <laughs>
1: Your question on here is why is it so difficult to remember to go to one source of truth for the answers to our question. I think as humans we're wired to trust. I think that's our default is to trust. I think that's why gullible comes before wisdom. <laughs> because we we want to trust what that ad says. Yeah. Um <laughs> you know, I've got a friend of mine, I think I I might have told you this story. We were planting some crops last week in a field and um, he he was telling me what a hypochondriac he is and he said let me tell you a story and this applies to your story which is why I'm telling it he said um, he said he's he's getting a little bit older and some doctors are saying that he needs to be on blood pressure medication which I don't know anything about that but evidently that's a pretty big decision to start taking blood because it has a lot of side effects and things so he was just really fighting the idea and so he went out and he bought one of these blood pressure machines for his house. And he started taking his blood pressure. And sure enough, his blood pressure was high. And he said, almost immediately, I started feeling bad. You know, my blood pressure's high. I start start feeling all these symptoms and and things like that. And so he went to the doctor. um, And they checked his blood pressure. And they put the cuff on his right arm. And they said, "Your, your blood pressure's normal. He said, well, put it on the other arm. (laughs) <laughs> and so they put it on the other arm and blood pressure was normal well come to find out his the blood pressure machine that he bought for home had a faulty something in it and so it was reading his blood pressure wrong but he was feeling bad yeah, because of what the information that he was getting even though it was wrong it was physically changing him yeah. and I think it, that goes right along with your story here that Too much information or the wrong information, even worse, can change who we are. And so that's it's why we have to learn to have those filters. And we have to we have to have wisdom in the decision making, because just because you, you know, some ad says something doesn't mean it's going to make it true. Um, But there is some psychology. We've talked about this with you know, young triathletes and getting them a set of race wheels. You know, yeah. a set of race wheels, by the numbers, makes very little difference in aerodynamics and speed on the bicycle. It, it, it definitely has a, a, an effect on those top-level athletes, and when you're trying to get 1% or 2% difference, yes, they make a huge difference. But what we saw when Lane and some of these triathletes were young is it made a huge difference in their times in a time trial. But it wasn't because those wheels were aerodynamic. It's because they were cool. Yep. And everybody wanted those set of wheels, and you throw a set of carbon wheels on Lane's bike, and he shaves off two minutes on a time trial. That wasn't because of the aerodynamics. Yeah. That's because Lane had a boost of whatever he got a boost of. Um, And so –
0: it's very similar to another story that – because you talk about there's the negative side of feeling sure. bad when you, when you feed your brain too much negative. Right. And then there's the positive side of feeding yourself positive information can have the opposite effect, and that's what the wheels did. And I was reading this story the other day about a guy who um, was not very smart, terrible grades in school. And while he was in school uh, – I mean, people gave him a hard time, and he went and took the SAT. We made a fourteen thirty on the SAT, hmm. which is a crazy high score. Right. If anybody if you don't understand the SAT, that's that's really high. Very few people will make that kind of a score. And so his mother, even his mother asked him, Did you cheat? on sat and he's like he said no he said if i could have i would have but but i didn't and so you know so he's got this score of fourteen thirty, and they thought oh my gosh this this kid is way smarter than we thought well you know what happened his teachers heard about this they started treating him differently they started expecting more out of him he started expecting more out of himself and his whole life changed at that moment when he found out what his SAT score was. This guy graduates high school. He gets into business, becomes this ultra-successful businessman, and just does really, really well. Well, fast forward, and I think it was like 13 years later. He gets this communication, and I don't know why. This really sounds weird, and I'm a little suspicious of it. But, uh, but 13 years later, he finds, that, finds out, he gets this email that says, we just want you to know, <laughs> that years ago we made a mistake and we reported the wrong SAT scores to 12 people and you were one of those your SAT score was really 790 wow <laughs> and so <laughs> this guy all of a sudden just thought he was he was a smart guy because somebody told him it's that the placebo effect it. it really is yeah i
1: mean that that can work negatively it can work positively it worked negatively in my friend's case who thought i'm dying i have high blood pressure and couldn't find out his machine was broken yeah and yeah i mean we talk you you said it in your story the six inches between your head is the most important thing and and it is above the latest shoe the the wheels on the bike, the greatest gear you can have nothing's more important than what's between your ears that's number one great story dean If you've ever participated in any sport, you've probably met a great coach. Great coaches inspire us to do more than we ever thought possible. You can be the leader that helps others achieve things they never thought possible. You, yes, you have the ability and the opportunity to be that person. All you need is a heart to help people and the ability to follow a plan. The Run for God 5K Challenge will come ready to help you inspire those around you. The step-by-step guide will direct you how to plan, pray, and train people both physically and spiritually. You can help them become more fit in their health and in their walk with Christ. Share your passion. Go to runforgod.com to find out how to inspire others to accomplish big things.
0: So is this like the 4th, 5th, 6th, 10th? 20th podcast you've listened to of us and you're still not a coach because how crazy is that you should be a coach by now if you're that uh into what we're doing here become a coach it will change your life it will it will talk about information um all the all these charts that i'm looking at recently show that for the most part this whole virus thing it's there's a few places where there's some spikes but for the most part overall it's getting better it's on its way out it's on its way out Yeah, we hope. We keep saying that. You you have to head with those last couple of words, don't you? You
1: know, we just found out, uh, on the way up here, you know, the World Finals uh triathlon um got cancelled. So Lane was kinda bummed about that. But they found out that the high school nationals was still on. This is last this has all happened within the past seven days. So uh Lane decided let's do high school nationals. Well, on the way up here it got canceled. And so I'm so ready to be past this. No uh, the kidding. ups and downs of this virus have just been
0: uh, Well, I, <laughs> I I can't help but think what would happen if we tracked anything else like we have tracked this virus? What if we tracked the flu like we tracked this virus? We
1: would all go crazy.
0: What if we tracked heart disease? Now the flu, yeah, the flu, the flu is kind of similar and I think we would we would start changing the way that we behaved based on that? But think about what if heart disease was? Would people start eating better mm. if we started tr- really tracing heart disease? I think it's interesting. Would
1: the government start mandating you to eat yeah. better? Well,
0: that's all. That's a whole. That's a. <laughs> let's not go there. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then and then I think about this is a, a, a topic that we don't like to talk about or people don't talk about it in general but the idea of obesity obesity is a is a killer in mm-hmm. this country sure. and we never talk about it right and so consequently the United States is the second most obese country in the world right and
1: do they talk about it more in other countries I wonder I, you have to think they do
0: you would think so just based on
1: places like China um,
0: or, just... or Europe
1: you don't see yeah. that kind of problem there um, yeah. but yeah it's a huge it's a huge problem it is in our country
0: and there's a good way to combat it and one of those ways is running run for god yes sure that is a great way it's to great combat way. obesity great way absolutely all right so it's time for the trivia question so what do we got for so folks this today? week
1: we're going to give away if you're watching on YouTube we're going to give away volume 2 of devotions um, devotions is kind of where this whole podcast came from. Yeah. Um, devotions is a 52 week devotional. There's three volumes of it. They're timeless. So it's not like one was 1999 model. Uh, these are timeless, but this is a 52 week devotional that is, is relevant for runners of all abilities. You don't even have to be a runner. Um, half of the week is talking about somebody's story. Half of the week is you correlating running to our spiritual life. And um, these have been hugely successful through the years. So uh, go out there and get one. Yeah. Uh, or right now, you know, just answer this question. Remember, you have to be a member of Run Club to answer the question. But if they answer the question correctly, if they're the first ones to email you at dean at deanatrunforgod.com, they're going to win a copy of Devotions this week. We'll get it in the mail to you as soon as you email us.
0: That's awesome. So what is the question? Here it is. In honor of the fact that we're, we're talking about information, mm-hmm. where or what does the name Garmin stand for? Where does the name Garmin come from?
1: See, I had no idea, but when okay. I looked it up, I was I had no idea it was an acronym. Yeah, but it is. Yeah.
0: So uh, so go check that out. And let me share why running is so awesome. This is one of the, one of my favorite things about running. It's cheap. <laughs> running for the most part is is very cheap, and it's they partly call why... us
1: cheapskates. Well, we, we hear that quite a bit. <laughs> uh,
0: you know, it's an that's a reason why soccer is so cheap as well, mm-hmm. is because you can do soccer with a few people or a lot of people, mm-hmm. and all you need is a soccer ball. And running is kind of the same way. You you, you don't even have to have a pair of running shoes. It's better if you do, um, but some people run barefoot. Um, so
1: it's cheap until you go buy that seven hundred dollar Garmin. Watch. That's right. Yeah. Then it gets expensive. Yeah,
0: yeah. But those are want-tos. Exactly. Or, or, you know, those aren't needs. Those aren't needs. Yeah, those are wants. So, uh, But, the, yeah, running is cheap, and so um, that's that's great. And like I said, I brought up the fact that soccer, a lot of people talk about soccer being the number one sport in the world, the number one mm-hmm. participation sport in the world. I challenge that because I say that all soccer players are runners. Mm-hmm. Are runners but not all one. runners are soccer players exactly so running is the number one and most popular sport that's in this scientifically country.
1: scientifically proven right yeah. now by dean
0: that's right that's right great job motivational thought of the week and we've already said this a few times and so i'm going to repeat it focus on the most important six inches of a race the six inches between your ears we spend a lot of time on everything else when the most important area is a really, really concentrated and focused portion of your body, and so uh, we spend too much time. And I, I think about a song by a group called Sister Hazel.
1: I haven't heard that name in twenty-five years. Have you
0: not? No. I love Sister Hazel. Um, those guys are just—they're positive guys, and if you you read their lyrics, a lot of their lyrics are very—they're not Christian lyrics. But a lot of their their lyrics are very positive. And one of the songs that they have is called Change Your Mind. And this is is the chorus to it. It says, if you want to be somebody else, if you're tired of fighting battles with yourself, if you want to be somebody else, change your mind.
1: I think you need to sing that so everybody can.
0: They don't really want to hear that. (laughs) They don't want to. Nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> uh, not at all now I, I can maybe I can maybe I can play it now that won't work yeah that'd be alright 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 Hey, listen, if you're out there and you've happened upon this podcast and you're not a part of Run Club but don't know what you're waiting for because you need to be a part of Run Club because there are so many benefits to Run Club. We mentioned, we've mentioned a few throughout this podcast, um, but you want to be connected to others that have similar interests to you, and if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you are not only a runner, but you're also a person of faith, and sure. you want to combine those two things, and that's what we do, so... Um, videos podcasts that uplift we have hundreds of videos out there um, for you to to watch to uh to learn a little bit and to edify and help your running journey
1: and starting next week uh from when this podcast airs we're going to be starting our membership drive in the month of october um we want to hit a thousand members by the end of the year yes we can do that we can but we need your help um so we're going to have some some deals going on so stay tuned for that uh Just, yeah, head on over to runforgodrunclub.com and check it out.
0: Yeah. And if you are a Run Club member and you're not an ambassador yet, well, then become an ambassador and jump on board with some prizes that you may be able to win, right? Sure. Yeah,
1: I mean, you can win uh, a three-month membership to J Radio, which is the greatest digital music platform in the world. Get three months of that. You get to create your own playlist on that. And you get a run for God uh, goodie pack, and that that is a that is a um, not that's not just for joining or becoming an ambassador. That's for winning the contest that goes on every month. So the person who recruits the most members of each month gets that prize pack. Yeah, and uh, that'll go on all year long. And so yeah, you can join it any time and jump right in the contest.
0: Yeah, so so get get involved. Get involved. Listen, we hope you've enjoyed this podcast. We we always want to, to hear your feedback, as I said before, um, but we also want some feedback in the form of let us know on the podcast. Let us know how we're doing. Give us ratings and let us know how you think we're doing. Um, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Make sure that you're getting every video that we put out, not only the podcast, but there's other videos, too, mm-hmm. and there's a ton of videos out there that are that I, I think you'd really enjoy. So check those out. So subscribe, get notifications, make sure that you're doing all the things, right? All like we said, yeah, yeah. Now may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light.
1: Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.